Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number five of Done to Death. Dun, 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 to death. I'm Rob. And I'm Kelsey. This is a Riffing on Horror podcast, and this was our fourth time trying to record the intro. Sure was. Because we had a case of the giggles. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all over now. Yeah. It's been a hell of a week for us. Sure has. As you know, we weren't here last week. Um... Lots of things going on in personal lives, of course. Sometimes that takes precedent. I had a mental breakdown. Yep, so we're just going to go into house cleaning, and we're going we're gonna to not talk about that. Nope. Because uh, that's going to be in part two of our three-part for... <laughs> Actually, part three. Um, I am the next Son of Sam. <laughs> so today we are going to be covering the Son of Sam, Dave Berkowitz. We're going to be doing a three-parter for that. Yes. So I want to get that right out the door, right on the docket here. Part one, we're going to do the Summer of Sam movie and the case of the Son of Sam. Part two, we're going to deal with the Satanism, the cult, and everything else surrounding the case of the Son of Sam. And part three, we will be doing the PTSD, the arson, and the drugs. And Kelsey's mental breakdown. And kind of debunking. And kind of debunking things and going over timelines. There's there's things that just aren't sitting right with me. Right. So I want to say, part three, we're not doctors, we're not diagnosing anyone, but this part three I think will be more of an opinion-based. It's definitely going to be opinion-based. I mean, because, come on, realistically... There's so many theories about this case flying around out there. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor or not. I mean, <laughs> you're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just making it. Making known. it. Don't known. come for me. Right. <laughs> so, um, with the housekeeping this week, we've got it's kind of light. Uh, Kelsey's not going to be there for Grave Encounters two on Saturday. But my research will be. But her research will be. We'll be reading that on the air. So Kelsey's very proud of her Grave Encounters two research. It will not go unused. Um, the second, are you good? Yeah. You looking at the pretty wall? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the second bit of housekeeping is that tickets are on sale for the Sam Haynes Havoc on October 31st, 2021 at 1803 Northeast Avenue in Vineland, New Jersey, 08360. Whew, that's a handful of things to say there. Buy the tickets. Buy the tickets at Eventbrite. All you got to do is just go look on Riffing on Horror. Go look at Riffing on Horror on Eventbrite. Or go to our pages. You know, we got all of the social media pages. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on Twitch. We're <laughs> what do we got? We got one of them Indiegogos. And I was going to bring up the Indiegogo oh. next. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to actually put the links to the Eventbrite and the Indiegogo onto our link tree. So that way, everything's all at once, everything's there. And we do have an Indiegogo with some very cool funding features, um, like bootleg t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> Even though they're official, they're still bootleg. They're it's a bootleg design. bootleg, yes. Um, yeah, and we have a lot of fun things that are going to be lined up for Sam Haynes Havoc on October 31st. Uh, basically, everything that we're doing with Indiegogo is going to help us make the event better. So please get out there and show some love, buy some stuff from the Indiegogo, buy some tickets from Eventbrite, and 
make this an awesome event because we really can't wait to see everybody. Yeah, so. we definitely have, we have vendors that are coming. Yep. We got a bunch of shit going on. Uh, what was the name that you are having? Second come? chance. Second chance, mm-hmm. and that actually will go in line with the drugs and yeah. everything going on with here. So there will be a booth. Um, it's Narcan, right? Yes. Yes, he'll be giving out Narcan and pamphlets and discussing stuff with people that are battling drug addiction. Uh, we also are going to be having Patch and Vinny, known as Old School mm-hmm. Empire, there to judge the adult Halloween costume contest, which the prize now, the grand prize, is in excess of over $700. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, there might be another wrestler making a there special appearance. There might be. Uh, did you talk to that? Sure did. And did that? They are discussing their their opportunities. Okay. I like that. Events, opportunities. Okay. M- maybe. Okay. <laughs> pencil it in, but yeah. enough to erase it. Yes. Gotcha. Just pencil. Because I feel like that would be perfect for the kids' Halloween costume contest, Judge. Oh, God. She's so cute. Right. Sorry. Don't. <laughs> I think I just gave her away. <laughs> but that's that's who I really want to judge the kids' Halloween costume Oh, my contest. goodness. Okay. Yeah. I just got really excited. <laughs> right. Because why do you think I got Patch and Vinny and then I wanted... Yes. Does it make sense now? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> that's the housekeeping. Might, I think what? I might have got some other ones, too. Okay. So... Well, they're all going to be spooky-themed and fall-themed um, fall and stuff like that. Uh, like I told you, as long as they give that $25, depo- $25 deposit <laughs> and they bring a table, I don't care. Yep. <laughs> as long as it matches the event theme. Sure will. <laughs> bring in the soccer moms. <laughs> oh, I got them. Then fucking do it. All right. So. <laughs> that was a three. Nana. That was a three? Yeah, I got three. <laughs> I got three. Three on deck, man. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Son of Sam. We're going to do it a little bit differently today because the Summer of Sam movie doesn't... It correlates with the case. The people in the area are trying to figure out who the Son of Sam is, but it's not... It's the story of somebody who almost got shot like wasn't even they didn't even get shot like they almost were there they almost had an issue happen and things were happening around them okay so i'll get into that it's not that much compared to what the hell we're gonna be getting into yeah so that's why i wanted to do the summer of sam first because we can get that out of the way but it is a good background to know what's going on correct it is because There was brownouts going on, Mm -hmm. there were arsons, there were all sorts of things happening in New York. So I'm going to give you the rundown of Summer of Sam. The movie name, Summer of Sam, runtime, 2 hours and 22 minutes. Production companies was 40 Acres and a Mule Filmworks and Touchstone Pictures. That's Spike Lee's company. Yeah. (laughs) Budget is $22 million. It lost money. Mm. $19 million was the box office. Screenplay by Spike Lee, Michael Imperioli, and Victor Coluccio. Directed by Spike Lee. Cinematography by Ellen Carras. Release dates. May 20th, 1999 at the Cannes Film Festival. And July 2nd, 1999, theatrical. You can currently watch this via subscription to Hoopla. Hoopla! Or you can rent and own on AMC Theaters On Demand, Apple TV, Prime Video, Vudu, Google Play, 
YouTube, Microsoft Store, and DirecTV. Weird. Um, <laughs> the ratings for it are 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.15 on Vudu, okay? 84% of Google users uh, thumbs up with 22 reviews and ultimately a 3.5 star. Remember, we don't know yeah. what all of that equals out to or how it gets to those numbers. I'm just giving them to you because... Because we can that's it. Uh, <laughs> podcasts relating to the movie, none. Really? There's no podcasts that I've searched on Spotify, Apple, any of them that have any relativity to the movie. It huh. feels like we're going to be the first ones to talk about Summer of Sam, the movie. Oh. Because I searched high and low and couldn't find anything. Yes. <laughs> So the plot, during the summer of 1977, a killer known as the Son of Sam keeps all of New York City on edge with a series of brutal murders. The philandering Vinny, John Leguizamo, unwittingly almost becomes a victim of the psychopath, and soon he and numerous people in his orbit, orbit, including his wife, Deanna, Mira Sorvino, his punk rocker friend, Richie, Adrian Brody, and aspiring porn star, Ruby, Jennifer Esposito, are trying to figure out the identity of the killer before it's too late. As I said, realistically, the movie's like, okay. Related media. So much, because that's what I put. Oh. So basically, if you just, you know, Google Son of Sam, there's going to be movies, oh, yeah. there's going to be podcasts, there's going to be news yeah. interviews. There's literally, I, I can't sit here and put all the related media to Son of Sam. Now, related media to Summer of Sam? Nada. Yeah. So you just got the movie. There's like a couple uh, behind the scenes featurettes that are like three minutes long on YouTube. Like n- there's relatively nothing about this movie out there, huh. which is super strange to me. Yeah. I do have 10 pieces of trivia. <clears throat> and on IMDb, there's over 130 pieces of trivia on there. Oops, sorry. Spike Lee was facing a lot of negative feedback from the family members of the victims who didn't want a film being made which might glorify the killer in some sorts. As a result, the script had to be changed, which focused more on the community than the killer himself. Son of Sam was rumored to be the original working title. Okay. There you go. The scene in which Vinny and Deanna argue about the se- argue in the cemetery was improvised. Spike Lee told Leguizamo to spit in Mira Sorvino's face without her knowledge. Oh, According to Mira Sorvino, she hated filming the club orgy scene and considered it demoralizing. Yeah. In the script, Richie was the lead character and Vinny was secondary character. But Spike Lee enjoyed John Leguizamo's improvising so much that he ended up giving him more screen time. The scene where Vinny pours coffee on Gloria was one of the many improvisations by Leguizamo. <clears throat> Two so minutes. Huh? He improvised a lot by... Just fucking with people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two minutes of this of the film were cut, mostly from the club orgy sex scene, to get an R rating instead of an NC-17. Weird. The I am the monster letters read in the film are word-for-word recreations of those of the real son of Sam wrote to Jimmy Breslin. Michael Imperioli was originally meant to play Richie, but he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts with The Sopranos in 1999. He appeared only briefly in the film as Midnight. The Wall at the Beach Club, which Vinny and the guys hang out, at has an Italian flag painted on it. This flag was painted there by the filmmakers before shooting and remains there to this day. 
the community is actually more Irish German than Italian. Yeah. <clears throat> Danny Aelio was supposed to play the role of Eddie. The word fuck is said 435 times in this 142-minute film, an okay. average an average of 3.06 times per minute. <laughs> During the shooting of the film, unhappy community members left racist and anti-Spike Lee messages mm-hmm. near or around the production equipment. Yes. In the beginning of the movie, Vinny and the gang go to a disco called Virgo. There is actually no nightclub there, but the outside was painted to make it look so. The Virgo sign remains painted on the building to this day. Sarah Michelle Gellar was originally cast as Ruby. Idnia Menzel was cast as Richie's girlfriend. Her scenes were cut before the final release. No. Yep. My girl. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Benicio Del Toro were originally considered for the lead roles, which that would have made a hell of a different movie. Yeah. And it would have been so fucking cool. When Joey and Brian go to the CBGB to search for Richie, there's a band playing called LES Stitches. They're an actual punk band started out in the early 90s in New York City. Uh, Two more. At the beginning, oh no, three more, I'm sorry. At the beginning of the movie, Vinny and Donna dance to There But For The Grace Of God By Machine. The song also appeared in the 1997 LGBT film Kiss Me Guido, starring Jennifer Esposito, who plays Ruby in the movie. Spike Lee showed up as a news reporter. Mm-hmm. And, spoiler, I know the movie's from 1999, but <clears throat> sorry, I have a case of the throat. Okay. Yes. Adrian Brody's nose was broken during the final climactic fight scene in which his character, Richie, is brutally beaten by his friends. Yes. Well, good grief. Okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know who these characters are. Right, because I, they're just, they're just again, like I said, it's just... No, no, no. I mean, like, the actors. I don't know a lot of them. I think I know a couple of their names. Okay. Um, my question is, um, not that it matters, but what is their race? John Lake Guazamo's uh, Spanish. Um, Jennifer Esposito's Spanish. Spanish. Um, Mira Sorvino, I believe, is uh, Italian and Spanish because so, her father is, uh, I forget his name, but he's like a supremely good actor. He was the, the father in Romeo and Juliet. Okay, yeah. Um, the white-haired father. Mm-hmm. Not Romeo's father, but uh, Juliet's father. The Montagues? Yes. Yes. The one to go, ah! Him, yeah. yes. He's such an awesome so, actor. Hispanics. And- Mostly Hispanic and Italian. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, Spike Lee, the cast is Spike Lee as John Jeffries. John Leguizamo as Vinny. Adrian Brody uh, as Richie. Mira Sorvino as Diana. Jennifer Esposito as Ruby. Michael Imperioli as Midnight. Oh, yeah, you have pictures. I'll have right. to look at You have to look later. at the pictures later. <laughs> ben Gazzara as Luigi. Michael Rispioli as Joey T. Anthony LaPlegia as Detective Lou Petrico- uh, Petri- Petroselli. How the hell do you say his name? Petroselli. Petroselli? Petroselli. Right. Bebe Newworth as Gloria. Patty Lapon as Helen. Victor Colicchio as Chicky. Saverio Guerra as Woodstock. Al Palagonia as Anthony. Ken Garrito as Brian. Michael Badalucho as Son of Sam. Mike Starr as Eddie. Jimmy Breslin. That's what it just says. Brian Taratana, Bobby Del Fiore, Arthur Nascarella as Mario, 
Roger Guinevere Smith as Detective Kurt Atwater. Joe Lisi as Tony Olives. John Savage as Simon. John Turturro as Harvey the Black Dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kim Director is D. Kim Director was uh, very famously known for uh, her role in Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Okay. Um, Lucia Grillo as Chiara. Reggie Jackson, Evander Holyfield, Joey Lee as Bedford Stuviason, Rome Neal, Joseph Lyle Taylor as Ron, Michael Sorvino as Bowler, Detective Mal- oh, Peter Maloney as Detective Timothy Dowd, Nelson Vasquez as Officer Cruz, Bill Raymond as Father Cadelli, Christopher Wincoop as Sam Carr, Jill Strokesberry as Rose, Mark Breland, Ernie Anastos, Susan Batson, Lisa France, Grace DeSana, William H. Burns, Phil Campanella, Howard Cassell, and Elvis Presley. Wow. Yes. Elvis Presley was in it? I'm assuming it was like TV oh, stuff like that. Okay. 70s. It was like True. around the time where he died. I was about to say, um, I don't think he was alive in 99. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> That's a lot, by the yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of people. <laughs> I just find it kind of funny that they changed the one guy's name from Vasquez to Cruz. Like, you couldn't... Right. Let's just go from one really popular name to another. We're just right. going to, you know, no matter. <sighs> But I was just asking because I wanted to know, like, the demographic of what area. Because of the case where you're saying, like, they're trying to find out the killer and you're saying, like, somebody almost got shot but they weren't shot. Right, you're trying to find out where it would fit fit in. in. And I don't... I I was going to say, I don't know. Other than them just being in the area. Right, that's pretty much all it is. Because his M.O. was... Young white females. Right. So. And in this area, it's a lot of Spanish people playing Italian people. Yeah. Which, obviously, you can get away with. Yes. Um, so you kind of got to look at the, the geographic nature of it. Where, where did you find more Italian-based people during his murders? I'm not. I'm Bronx? Not, I'm not sure. Right. So because he was in Yonkers. He was in Yonkers. Yeah. Which there are more Italians in that area. Probably. So. I have friends in Brooklyn that are more like white Jewish. Right. Demographic. But so. But he killed in all five boroughs. Right. And so he killed he, all different types. Well, he went after young women with brown hair. Right. So they could have been Latino Whatever, yeah, or as Italian, long as it was young women like, with brown hair. Yeah, yeah, but they were predominantly light-skinned as well. Hmm. So then I don't know where, I, I think it's just an If they orbit. were in the area, or like, I know some of them, they sound, I did not see pictures of the the victims, but I mean, one of the guy girl's name was Valentina. Okay. So, I mean, there's that. And they were in the Bronx. So then let's just go with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know. All right, so let's get into your... uh, 
your your the the case your case let's do this all right so he the son of sam was born richard david falco on june 1st 1953 he was adopted at a few days old by nathan and pearl berkowitz who was a jewish couple from the bronx he was a very smart child but he seemed to get into a lot of trouble he mm-hmm. had anger issues. He had ADHD. He was always getting into something. Right. But it wasn't like he was violent, too. Right. Um, he was manageable. Was, yeah. Right. At that time. At, at a very young age, as he got older, he right. his parents kind of didn't really know what to do with him. And they're just like, Haha, that's David. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, like, his name is Richard. But they call him David. Right. It's a whole thing. Like, the whole thing with his name is another thing. And if you want to get into it, you can listen to Morbid because they go into detail, like, yes. how he gets his name and stuff. But I'm not going there. Uh, he was close to his mother. So he had a really hard time coping with her death at 14. In 1971... He, at the age of 18, he joined the Army, which was the time of the Vietnam War, but he was in South Korea. Right. This is where he excelled as a proficient marksman. In 1974, he returned home and worked for the U.S. Postal Service, and this is where he lived in Yonkers. His coworkers said he was a good worker and always on time. He never took a day off, but was quiet and kept to himself. Right. So the case... Let's jump right in. July 29th, 1976 was the first shooting in Pelham Bay, Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Laurie, who was 18, was killed. And Jody Valentini, who survived, were sitting in their car outside of Jody's house after a, um, after a night out. The second one, October 23rd, 1976, in Queens, Carl Denario was shot in the head, and Rosemary Keenan were also sitting in their car on a lover's lane. Both survived. Right. November 27th, 1976, Forest Hill Gardens, which is also in Queens, Donna Damasi and Joanne Lamino were shot on her steps. Um, Joanne's steps, and Joanne was left paralyzed. Mm-hmm. January 30th, 1977. So these are all like a couple weeks apart from each other. About a month. Um, He was very consistent with that. I stopped at January 30th, 1977. John Deal and Christine Freud, who was 26, um, also were sitting in their car in Flushing. Christine had died from her wounds. This is when the police realized that a 44 caliber were used in all the shootings and most likely linked. So after five, five people shot, they That's finally they realized. There was a link, yeah. But if you see, like, Bronx, Queens, um, Flushing, those are in three different boroughs. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen in other true crime cases, police don't like to share information. Right. They're not going to go to the next borough over and say, hey, we have this crime that's happened. Do you have anything similar? Right, especially because, in the 70s. Yeah, they everything they want to keep to themselves, they want to be the hero. Yep. So then we go to March 8th, 1977. So he took a little break. Mm-hmm. He gave them all February. 
Virginia Vosentian. Mm, for Vosentian. Yeah, Virginia. So sorry, Virginia. She was 21, and she was shot in the head after walking home from Barnyard College. Barnard. Barnard College. Barnard. I, I said Barnyard. Uh, so most, the MMO, like I said, were young women with shorter length brown hair. Mm-hmm. So women began cutting their hair off. They started coloring it blonde. Uh, couples stopped going out and riding around after dark. Uh, a lot of them just didn't go to the disco, which was a big thing at the time. Extremely big thing. And if, going back to the movie, New York was in turmoil at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were bankrupt. There was people, like, struggling that a lot of people didn't have money. So the fact that mm-hmm. young people weren't going out, especially at night anymore, mm-hmm. really hurt New York's economy even more than it was already doing. So April 17th, 1977, Valentina Serini and Alexander Asu um, were killed. And at this scene, the suspect wrote a letter. This letter was addressed to the police chief, Mr. Joe Borelli. The letter was scrawled and misspelled with words and uh, misuse of grammar. Horribly. Yes. Horribly. Some of the lines were, I'm a little brat, Sam loves to drink blood, I am the son of Sam. Like, number one, he called himself the son of Sam. Right. If it was by the police, he would still be the forty-four caliber shooter. Right. He created his own name. Yes. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, this letter was kept hush-hush. No one knew about the letter that was written to Joe Borelli. So he decided to write another letter, and on May 30th, he sent it to the New York Daily News. This note was written very well. It was very neat, and it was very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lines, which we are going to go back to later on, it says, Hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Mm-hmm. And then he gave a list of nicknames. And it said, like, um, to the police, maybe this will help you. And he started listing, like, what people call him. Uh, the Duke of Death, Wicked King Wicker, which prompted the police to watch Wicker Man. Hello. Which, by the way, Wicker Man in the 70s and in the 2000s was a horrible movie. I'm going to have to stop you there real quick. Okay. Because that movie in the 70s was filmed in Wales. And if you look at the credits, I've got a lot of family in that movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) So thanks. (laughs) Sorry. So thanks for just shitting all over my fucking family. Oh, this isn't my mic. I'm not going to spit on it. Yeah, don't spit on (laughs) it. All right. Um, John Wheaties, rapist of young women, <clears throat> was another name. And we'll get back to those names, too, because they all connect later on. So June 25th, 1977, Sal Lupo and Judy Placido were both shot while sitting in their car in Queens. They were driving home, or it was after they had driven home from the disco. <clears throat> July 29th was the one-year anniversary of Jody's death, who was the first woman sh- uh, shot and killed. 
and the letter sent to the press said, who will you lose this year? This prompted a massive manhunt. Police searched all over New York without, uh, throughout the night and kept everyone safe. Nothing was found. No shootings were committed. Now, I want to make a point here that the people who survived gave descriptions of each of their shooters. Now, at this point, they're saying it's one person, but they have five different sketches. Mm-hmm. None of them look alike. None of them. So I want to know what they were doing during this massive manhunt. Right. Like, they're, they're stopping people. They have roadblocks. They're right. searching people's vehicles all night long. They don't know who they're looking for. What are they doing? Just like, hey, do you have a gun in your pocket? Like, what? Right. I, I don't know what they were trying to do here. It was just an epic fail. But this also had, like, New York State Police and all the borough police as well. Right. So they at least came together for that massive waste of energy. Um, so, July 31st, 1977, Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violanti, who were both 20, were shot in Brooklyn. Uh, they were also sitting in their car, and they were on their first date. Stacy was killed, and Robert was partially blinded. Like I said, there are five different sketches, none of which look the same. Uh, August 9th, 1977, the police started searching for people who were in the area and realized there was a parking ticket given around the area of where Stacy was shot. And this ticket was linked to David Berkowitz's car. Mm-hmm. Now, from what it sounds like, his neighbor, um, Wheat Car, she mm-hmm. worked at the precinct or she was a dispatcher. I don't got involved in this in the first place. But when they brought up his name saying they were going to bring him in for questioning to see if he saw anything because they wanted he wasn't a suspect at this point. Correct. They just wanted him as a witness. And there she was like, no, no, you need to go get him because he was he's linked to the fifteen hundred arsons that have been happening. And he also threatened my dog multiple times. Correct. So the police go over there. And on August 10th, they walk past his car and they see a 44 caliber sitting in the back seat. So they break the window to take the gun as evidence, which I don't know how that stood in court because they didn't have a warrant. They right. said they were literally going there just to talk to him. Right. And they automatically like started breaking into his vehicle. At this point, they find a letter on the front uh, floor of the car that was signed from the son of Sam. So they arrest him, and within 30 minutes of questioning him, Berkowitz confesses to all the murders. He also said that there was a 6,000-year-old demon that uh, was taken form of the neighbor's dog, (laughs) and that was telling him to kill. When they searched his house, police said that there was satanic writing all over the walls. Mm Mm-hmm. On June 12, 1978, he was sentenced to 25 to life, during which he chanted Stacy was a whore. During a press conference in February of 1979, he confessed that the possession was a hoax and his lack of success with women made him angry and want to kill. Which, that goes back to him in South Korea. Mm -hmm. Uh, He lost his virginity to a prostitute there. And mm-hmm. she gave him a STD. Yes, she did. And apparently that was enough to 
make him crazy. But I also saw that he was just rejected so much by women that that made him angry as well. Mm -hmm. So either way, like just just dumb reasons. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, we've we've later uh, that later has been uh, known as uh, what is it called? Incelism. What does that mean? He's an incel. Oh. Basically, just decides to hate women because uh, reasons. Yeah. Well, they also want to link it back to his mom, where she gave him up for adoption, right. but she had a daughter. Right. It's it's a whole thing. So like yes. they they give a thousand reasons why he is the way he is, and just doesn't make sense. But maybe it's true. I don't know. But that is the basic play of Son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Right. The basic. The basic, like a very skim that's, of it. That's that's the top layer of the onion. Yes. You got. That's where we're gonna leave you. You gotta peel it back. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> You're going to want to get your goggles. But uh, this onion, <laughs> if you watch the fucking Netflix documentary. You might want to do that. You, you might want to do that in the week. It's a four-parter. Same thing with the podcast. There's yes. a podcast as well. It's a four-parter. But even the fucking opening of the documentary is a hole yeah. that you just go deep into. Like, it's an animated hole. Yeah. Filled with like pictures and files and all sorts of insane shit. Now, next week, we're going to break this down uh, part two and part three are going to be broken down into, as I said at the top of the show, next week is going to be about the Satanism and the cults and the Satanic panic surrounding this and New York and the United States at the time. Yeah. I'm also going to be talking about my Satanism. Yes. Because I. I'm a practicing Satanist. He drinks the blood <laughs> of the infidels. No, my God. No. No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so for those that don't know, surprise. <laughs> Not about the infidels, but about Satanism, which I'm very vocal about it. So, you know, but I'm going to clear the air on a lot of different things that was going on in the 70s and stuff like that. So that means I have more stuff to do research-wise that I wasn't planning. Thanks, Kelsey. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, And in the third part, which both Kelsey and I have a lot of not personal experience because neither of us were in the Army or neither of us were in the Armed Forces... But we both know people that were in the Army, in Armed Forces, whatever, that have PTSD, um, that have issues coping with reality, and have also fallen to drugs. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very heavy, heavy topic. Yes. So part three, uh, listeners beware. Yes. <laughs> also, I cope with laughter, so there's that. Right. Right. We're gonna... It's not funny. It's not funny, but... But here I am. Right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, on that note, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Yes. For this week. We've got Satan coming up. We've got drugs coming up. We've got rock and roll hookers. Um, mental health. Mental health. Uh, television shows. 
the news. Yeah. So everything. definitely go check out Sons of Sam, whether Sons it's the Sam. podcast or the TV sh- or the Netflix series. Right. Both if you got the time. Yeah. Because it's about eight hours of your time. That's like yeah. one work day in total. Come on. Just, just binge it out. Just binge it out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dirty. Yes, it is. All right. So remember, go to Eventbrite to buy tickets to the show. Go support the Indiegogo, which has... Regular event t-shirts, regular t-shirts, bootleg t-shirts, bootleg tickets, um, all sorts of... (laughs) It's it's fantastic. The Indiegogo has a lot of wonderful things, and and thank you to Joshua for setting that up, because it took him almost... It took him a lot of time. uh, It took him almost two days. Yeah. So (laughs) I want to just give a shout out there. Also... The Dead Memories interview with Donna Lee Heising is going to be coming up as well Ooh. over the weekend that I recorded last week. Uh, I've just had a lot of um, issues this week myself personally, so that's why that hasn't come up yet. But it's edited, it's ready to go, and it's actually on YouTube. So Perfect. if you want to watch, if you want to watch the video, go watch the YouTube. Go check out the YouTube channel. Very nice. Ooh, I just hit the mic. Whoops! <laughs> it wasn't me this time. Right. I'm pulling a bloodbath on that one because every episode, dunk, or even even with Morbid, every yeah. episode, one of them they is the hitting. They pull the charger out of the phone. They pull the charger <laughs> the out of the phone. They hit the fucking mic. They do something. It's podcasting, it. whatever. Uh, so, yeah. What's our ending for this again? Is it okay? Is it going to be the same as it is for the show? Show? Like on Saturdays? I don't know. I just feel like I say, okay, bye until you hit the button. Um, yeah, but you're. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, bye. See you next week.